Hey, welcome back for another episode of Porn Brain Rewired, the podcast with me, Dr. Trish Lee. Today, we're going to vie from our normal one, two, three format, and we're going to talk about how you can help someone with a porn addiction. Now, if you are someone who is struggling with porn, stay with me because this episode is absolutely going to be relevant and poignant for you too. But if you know someone who is struggling with porn, this is really designed for you because many times if you struggle with your own porn addiction, it's difficult for you to see it, recognize it, understand the impact that it's having on you, and especially get the help that you need. So if you're a loved one of someone who's struggling with porn, I want to walk you through what can be a really tight process for you instead of a loose and messy process What's a tighter process for you to understand what's going on and to be able to show up in an emotionally mature way to help the person that you love because they can be very defensive. And if again, if you're struggling with your own porn addiction, please hear me and don't uh, don't be defensive about it. Right. Is that, you know, it becomes a situation that. It's mostly men who struggle with porn, but of course it applies to women. If you struggle with porn, it becomes such a struggle that you also have learned to build in defense mechanisms to help you to deal with it. And it becomes challenging for everybody involved. My goal here is to help you and the people that you love move through this process, get to the other side of it and rock out your breasts your best life on purpose. So stay with me. And of course, there's going to be a brain hack strategy at the end of the episode also. So let us dive in to how you can help someone with a porn addiction. Let's go down to the first thing that I want to talk about that if you want to help someone who has a porn addiction, or if you're struggling with your own, you have to figure out the cycle behind this thing. Now, I call a porn addiction cycle. One thing you've probably heard me talk about before is the 4D dopamine cycle. I talk about that a lot on this podcast. I don't want to talk about it again today, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, please visit another episode. I talk about it on almost every episode. Today, I want to talk about the feeling cycle that you might have if you are struggling with porn or what you might see on your loved one if they're struggling with porn. And it's a little bit of a different cycle, but it falls out because of the 4D dopamine cycle. So first is the desire to watch porn. And especially if you're trying to not watch porn and you have the desire to watch porn, that desire is an urge or a craving. So now you have this urge or craving, and you know, if you've been listening to me, you basically have three seconds to pivot and go do something else in your life, your work, your hobbies, your people get connected to healthy dopamine in the world, opposed to what happens when you shift from desire to saying, nope, I'm not going to watch porn, to caving in and watching with your own porn addiction. Please hear me and don't, uh, don't be defensive about it, right? Is that, you know, it becomes a situation that It's mostly men who struggle with porn, but of course it applies to women. If you struggle with porn, it becomes such a struggle that you also have learned to build in defense mechanisms to help you to deal with it. And it becomes challenging for everybody involved. My goal here is to help you and the people that you love move through this process, get to the other side of it and rock out your breasts 
your best life on purpose. So stay with me. And of course, there's going to be a brain hack strategy at the end of the episode also. So let us dive in to how you can help someone with a porn addiction. Let's go down to the first thing that I want to talk about that if you want to help someone who has a porn addiction, or if you're struggling with your own, you have to figure out the cycle behind this thing. Now, I call a porn addiction cycle. One thing you've probably heard me talk about before is the 4D dopamine cycle. I talk about that a lot on this podcast. I don't want to talk about it again today, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, please visit another episode. I talk about it on almost every episode. Today, I want to talk about the feeling cycle that you might have if you are struggling with porn or what you might see on your loved one if they're struggling with porn. And it's a little bit of a different cycle, but it falls out because of the 4D dopamine cycle. So first is the desire to watch porn. And especially if you're trying to not watch porn and you have the desire to watch porn, that desire is an urge or a craving. So now you have this urge or craving, and you know, if you've been listening to me, you basically have three seconds to pivot and go do something else in your life, your work, your hobbies, your people get connected to healthy dopamine in the world opposed to what happens when you shift from desire to saying, nope, I'm not going to watch porn to caving in and watching porn anyway. Now, at this point in the cycle, the cave in is because of the dysfunctional brain pattern behind porn use, which I will tell you about when we get to the signs and symptoms of porn use, why those signs and symptoms happen. But for right now, I want you to know you have the urge because the brain pattern upticked for the need to self-soothe and to self-stimulate. So now something's happened where you've had an uptick. It could just be the cycle repeating itself. It could be a stressor. It could be perceived boredom from lack of overstimulation. Something has happened to you. You've had an uptick had an urge to watch porn, told yourself you're not going to do it, gave in because the dysfunctional brain pattern is there anyway. And of course, that helps you to feel numbed out and to feel good in the moment. But after that, it leads to, (coughs) sorry, I have to sneeze. I've sneezed a couple times today. That can't be a good sign. Anyways, it leads to an uptick in the desire to self-soothe, which then makes you feel numbed out and it leads to a dopamine deficit in your life, which leads to shame. Shame is I'm a bad person. Guilt is I'm doing something that I don't want to do. Shame, I'm a bad person. So part of the solution is found in the issue of feeling like a bad person. But again, The actions that you are engaging in come from a dysfunctional brain pattern. So that brain pattern is driving you back into the screen, back into porn and masturbation. So it's neurological underpinnings that lead to the behaviors that you feel like you can't control. And we know from ICD-11, the International Classification of Diseases from the World Health Organization, we know that this is a compulsion. It's compulsive hypersexual behavior, compulsive sexual behavior disorder. So it's going towards sex to feel good for self-soothing and self-stimulation because of the underlying brain pattern. So this is what I want you to know. It's part of the problem. It's part of the solution. 
brain functioning and this cycle that you feel desire, urge, craving, don't want to give into it, give into it, feel numbed out, feel shame, don't feel good in your life, increase in anxiety, depression, increase in uh, lack of focus, lack of motivation. All of that comes from the cycle that comes from the brain pattern. So how do you help a person? By recognizing this cycle. I call it Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Dr. Jekyll is when you're filled with dopamine from porn, you can put on that shiny mask that conforms to what you want to show society. Sometimes that mask is exhausting. But then on the times when you're not filled with dopamine from porn, there's a dopamine deficit and the mask flips. And now you're Mr. Hyde who goes into the basement, watches porn to get back to that Dr. Jekyll mask. But this is what I want you to know. When you track all this, you're neither Dr. Jekyll or, or Mr. Hyde. You're actually your true authentic self that we're trying to get you back to through the recovery process. And for me, I know that that true self is Trish. And it's interesting because along my journey, I realized that my family calls me Trisha, my family of origin. And I know I've told you this before, but I'm like, when did I transform from Trisha to Trish? Like, I didn't even realize they call me Trisha until I went to visit them. And I'm like, y'all call me Trisha. This is so weird because I've never referred to myself as Trisha since the second grade. I have papers that say Trisha Ward on it. But the idea is that. Trish is my authentic self, not the version I tried so hard to be for my family. And when I started to break free from that version of, you know, the good girl who always gets A's and gets many, many, many college degrees to feel enough. Instead, when I started to do the work that I love and to be with the people that I love and to do the hobbies that I love, that's when I became Trish. I want you to find your version, whatever it may be. Come out of being Trisha and start being Trish because you won't need porn. But in the meantime, if you're looking at your Trisha and you're like, what's her problem? This cycle is what you're seeing. It's one of inauthentic living. And we need to get back to authentic living because then there's no need to self-soothe and to self-stimulate. So monitor the problem. And this is what you want to monitor. You want to monitor mood, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, lack of of authentic Trish, authentic self, stress levels. So stress levels are going to change just because of the way this cycle flows. There might be external stressors, but internally stress is going to change. So nothing may have seemingly changed for your loved one from Tuesday to Friday, but they're so much more stressed out on Friday because they haven't got their hit of dopamine from porn. Stress levels will fluctuate. Boredom levels will fluctuate because of the need to be hyper-stimulated. Attention and focus, ability to deal with things, self-care and sleep. So there might be a lot of isolation. Sleep patterns get extremely disrupted from this porn cycle. So if you crash, but you can't sleep longer than three hours and you wake up in the middle of the night and you're up for hours... That is a telltale sign that something has disrupted the circadian rhythms. And that something, if you know it's porn in your loved one, it's absolutely a factor. If you don't know, 
it definitely can be porn. I talked to a client of mine the other day and he said that his parents had to do an intervention because they thought that he was abusing drugs. And he's like, I really was abusing drugs, the drug of porn. That's why they call it fight the new drug because porn is an internalized dopamine dependency. So it can look like someone with a substance abuse disorder and treatment can be very similar, but again, deep end instead of shallow end. Looking at the impact on relationships, monitoring their ability to go to work and school, very difficult to have executive function skills when the frontal lobe in the brain has been changed to use a dysfunctional brain pattern. When the reward center in the brain has been so desensitized, nothing in life feels good anymore. It's difficult to go to work. It's difficult to do your hobbies. People write on my intake form all the time. There's a question. What do you do to express your creativity? Most of the people I work with say nothing. I don't know how to be creative. The creativity is sucked out of you, but the creative potential is still there. That's what I want you to know. But if you're looking at your loved one and you see some of these behaviors, figure it out. Figure out the cycle. Figure out what's off in this person. Maybe document it, but don't go overboard if you're a partner. Partners can really get um, sucked into all the documentation and it can start being a tracking lifestyle. But kind of look at what's happening and know that it's real. Know that it's real if you're the one who struggles. All of these things are happening to you because of the dysfunctional brain pattern. But especially if you're seen in a loved one, there's a reason for the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde behaviors. So not only can you track what's happening in terms of monitoring the problem in that way, you can track the impact. Is the person's work going down? So if they're a salesperson, are they making less sales? I know I've worked with lots of salespeople that are at risk of losing their job because they can't meet their quota. It's because of the dysfunctional brain pattern. Um, they might stop doing homework or stop attending school. They might be annoyed, angry more often, embarrassed. I know a lot of the clients that I work with because of the narcissistic bubble. The narcissistic bubble is you think all people are there for your pleasure, but you also kind of feel like the spotlight's always on you. They'll be embarrassed if something's brought to their attention about their behavior. They feel like they're constantly being attacked. Look for that. Like if they go, stop attacking me, and you're talking to your loved one, and you think to yourself, I didn't attack you. I just said this thing. The perceived attack is real because they are much more sensitive because of that underlying shame. So it's going to require emotional maturity on your part if you're going to help your loved one with a porn addiction. And I'll tell you why. Because of those defense mechanisms that have been built. Many times porn consumption is discongruent or incongruent to the moral values or to the person that they want to be, the true authentic self, capital S self, as I call it, Trish, the true authentic Trish. So porn consumption doesn't fit into that conceptualization, but it's something they can't stop doing because it's an addiction. So that's where the defense mechanisms come into play. There's justification, rationalization, there's manipulation, gaslighting, 
a person generally develops those defense mechanisms to keep this secret because they know they can't stop and they want to. At a certain point, it tips into, I don't want to do this anymore, but the brain is in such a pattern that it needs it. Now, remember, when a person goes back to porn for self-soothing and self-stimulation, it's because the brain pattern that they have developed over many years needs it. It becomes a need. And we know this just to remind you that the way that an addiction develops is it starts with use and then use becomes misuse. So they start consuming it too much. There's more consistency. There's more frequency. Sorry, I'm choking here for a second. There might be an increase in intensity. So what happens is when that happens, it shifts from use to misuse to abuse Now abuse is there's a lot of it and that's when the desire to watch porn kind of shifts to the need to watch porn. And it's first the desire to watch porn to feel good, then it shifts to the need to watch porn to not feel bad. When that happens, (coughs) we've moved into compulsion. (coughs) Sorry, one of those days here. So when we move into compulsion, The compulsion is being compelled to go back to the screen to not feel bad because the homeostasis in the brain has changed. That's the dysfunctional brain pattern. You can look for that in your person. That is something that I measure in the QEEG brain map assessment that I perform for people. So I offer a service. It's called QEEG brain map. It's like a brain scan. It is a brain scan that you're able to perform yourself at home with advances in technology. And then we get on Zoom and I can show you exactly what your brain is doing. So if you want to know if your brain has been impacted by porn, you can see it in a QEG brain map with me. Now, this is going to be important when we get to the brain hack strategy. If you are a loved one helping your person who's struggling with porn, because if you try to get to that that person into a recovery program, many times those denial mechanisms are so hardcore in place that they can't break those walls down. And the first step for you, the first and only step for you as a loved one is to inspire, and that's words being used too loosely, but to encourage, influence, inspire, make, set up boundary, Get that person to understand that this problem is real and the impact is real and that it is a brain dysfunction that can be healed and recovery is necessary. That is the first and only step of a loved one. And the reason I say the first and only is because you cannot make your person move through a recovery program. I have seen so many people who have done fake recovery. If there's one thing I don't want for you or your loved one who struggles with porn is fake recovery. It's brutal. It's exhausting. Your person is doing it because they want to be better, but they don't know how to get better. So they will fake work on recovery and show up and pretend they're recovering to you so that you go away and they can get back to the addiction. Addiction does not leave quietly. 
it leaves struggling at the beginning. So the only thing you can do is to get your person to recognize it. And a brain map can be really powerful for that. And I will tell you about that in a minute. But what I want you to do is to understand the signs and the symptoms of someone who struggles with porn. And then we're going to get to how you make a plan to act and how you talk to your person with a porn addiction. Okay, so here's some of the signs. Feeling unable to control porn viewing, spending a lot of time, time, money, and energy viewing porn, being preoccupied with sexual thoughts, hypersexuality, going back to compulsive sexual behavior disorder, hypersexuality is actually at the core of porn addiction. It's acting out to feel better, self-soothe, self-stimulate from sexual behaviors and materials. So a preoccupation with sexual thoughts is absolutely at the core. And if you're trying to recognize that in your person, it is, it might fall out as lusting, constantly checking people out. It might be viewing sexual material in movies, or you keep finding your person watching porn. Uh, if that person is, is trying to stop or cut down their porn viewing with little success, this is another sign that you need more. You need a program. You're not able to do it by yourself canceling plans or commitments to watch porn, or the way I think about it is engagement in the world is difficult. All the dopamine is in the screen. None of the dopamine is in your life. So when you have to go to a party, it's like you're getting through it so you can get back to watch porn. Honestly, the same thing can happen with gaming, but here we're talking about porn where, you know, you're making it through your life to get back to porn. If that's happening, it's got a hold on your brain. Um, lying to others or being secretive about watching porn. If you're lying about it, then it's something that's not healthy for you. And it's something that you shouldn't be doing. I just had this conversation with one of my precious children, not about porn, but about behaviors that she was lying about. And I said, babe, if you have to lie to people about it, then it's not a life of integrity. And so Get yourself into a life of integrity that you don't have to lie about your behaviors. If you're lying, it means you are not okay doing it. And actually, when I tell people uh, in the world, it's really interesting because now I've told a lot of people that, you know, they go, what do you do for work? And I'll be like, oh, I bet you'll be sorry you asked because I help people who struggle with porn addiction. The responses are really, really interesting. People who actually, I, I and if you're listening, bank manager, I'm sorry to bring this up, but I had to go to the bank and I told the bank manager, just darted his eyes and pretended not to hear me say that I work with people with porn addiction and just started to go to work. And I'm like, that's a guy who has shame around porn. Then I told another gentleman, I go for IV drips, not that it matters. Um, I go for IV drips for self-care. And the nurse, he was a gentleman who was putting the drip in. He asked me, I told him and he goes, yeah, I watch porn, but I'm really trying to not watch it as much as I do. And I wanted to say to him, you're the first man who has actually told me the truth about that. Uh, and I thought it was really cool that he was just able to talk about it openly. Like, no shame there. There's no shame. He was 
he was trying to not watch it, but there wasn't the level of shame. And if you have shame, it's going to drag you down and prevent you from being able to move forward. And that goes back to the secretive behavior of feeling uncomfortable or irritable if you can't watch porn. It's interesting, too, because a lot of times when people go on vacation and they're out of their routine to watch porn, they're miserable on vacation because they're not able to get their fix. So if you know, X amount of time out of the screen makes you uncomfortable. There's a problem in there, a dysfunctional brain pattern. And if you continue and you persist to consume porn, even though it's, it is creating a breakdown in your work, a breakdown in your relationships, and your life is starting to unravel and it's not what you wanted, especially if you're in trouble with the law or you're on the brink of divorce and you still can't stop watching, you have a problem, my friend. And it comes from brain dysfunction. There is a solution. Um, yes, porn addiction is real. We know from science that over 70% of men who report they watch porn report that they struggle. And, you know, there's a lot more people who struggle with porn and they are not admitting it in research studies. Okay. So now you've kind of figured out your person might be watching porn or you know they're watching porn. You know that is impacting their life in the various ways that we talked about, especially mood, especially focus and motivation, anxiety and depression, and relationships are breaking down. What do you do about it? Okay, listen up because this is your brain hack strategy for the day. And again, if you are a person who struggles with porn, I would love for you to take the first step to tell your loved one that this is a struggle for you, but it has to be a loved one who can do this. And if you don't have a loved one who can do what I'm about to tell you, please schedule a consultation with me because I can do it. Or please schedule an assessment with Coach Zach Carter. He can do this for you. We can figure out the working parts and tell you what you need to hear to move forward. Okay, this is what you need your person to do. This is what you, if you're a person of a loved one who struggles with porn, this is what you need to do. And I'm telling you, it totally involves your big boy pants or your big girl pants because this is not something most of us are taught. It's a developed skill and there's very few people who are good at it in the world. It requires an emotionally mature conversation about a very difficult subject with a person that you love who has an out of control behavior, who's probably going to lash out at you because of the shame and because of the defense mechanisms. So you have to pick a good time to talk to your person and get ready for an irrational conversation. Hear me on this. You have to be as regulated as highly brain functional and as, you know, poised as you possibly can be to move into this conversation and you want to find your person at the most regulated time for them. Pick a good time so that your loved one is as rational as possible and you are as rational as possible. Do not go into this conversation when the crap just hit the fan and emotions are high and everybody's upset. If that's where you're at, it needs to be tabled for a better time. So prioritize the conversation and stay focused. Don't let it devolve and disintegrate into 19 other subjects. Because if it does, you will not make the point. 
So going back to my precious daughter, a whole bunch of shenanigans went down. My gosh, parenting, lots of teenagers, not for the faint of heart. And I made a plan before I talked to her. I didn't tell her. I actually drove to her college. She did not appreciate that in the moment, but she did appreciate it after the conversation. She showed up amazingly because we've been working on this for a long time, showed up maturely, but I kept it to three things. You are doing unhealthy behaviors. You are not doing the healthy behaviors you said you would, and you're lying. And these are the three things that need to change. I had already formulated the plan of what that would look like for her. And of course, I'm parenting her. So that's different than if it was my partner, even though sometimes the conversations with the hubs go like this too. But I had the plan and I told the hubs, he went with me, do not buy from the plan. Do not make any snarky comments, which he did a couple times, right? From the cheap seats, actually, because my daughter and I were staying in the difficult conversation. We had eye contact. She freaked out on me a couple times. I got her back in. I said, the only reason I need to have this conversation with you is because I love you more than anything. If I didn't care, I wouldn't be here. I love you. That's why I need to talk to you about this. This needs to change because I love you. And you need help doing this. You can't do this by yourself or you would have. I love you. I, this is the plan. Can you do this? And she agreed to the plan. So you have to know what your plan is. I'm going to tell you it in a minute. And you have to set the tempo and the discussion just to, I know you're watching porn. I am not comfortable with that. If you're the partner, it is not a healthy behavior for you. It's not about if it's good or bad. It's about if it's healthy or unhealthy. And if it's impacting work relationships and life, it's unhealthy. If it's preventing you from being your best self and it's keeping you caught in this destructive loop that I, I talked about at the beginning of this episode, it's not healthy. This isn't about right or wrong or good or bad. That's why shame doesn't need to be in this conversation. Defenses can let be let down. So if you as the loved one become vulnerable and say, I love you. I don't want to see you in this position. And I know that this is difficult for you. And I want to remember, I want to remind you here. It has nothing to do with sex. It has everything to do with the dopamine that is linked to the sexual behaviors. This is a dopamine dependency. So you have to plan the good time, make sure there's no distractions, make sure that your loved one can flip out on you and you can stay in it without it becoming a whole thing. That's why when I went to see my daughter, I told her I would like her to come back home with me because I could see it devolving into campus security and the campus health center. But honestly, she showed up so well, we didn't need to do that. I said, can you come in my car and talk to me about it? I don't want you yelling at me in your dorms. And because we've done this 5,000 times now, she's like, yes. At first she freaked out and she ran into her dorm and she wouldn't talk to me. Then she came out, she sat in the car and we talked. And it was very short because we have been doing this for a long time. So you have to be in a place that it's safe for the both of you. Now, if you can't handle this conversation, then you need to find somebody else to have it with your person like me or coach Zach Carter. And this is how the conversation goes. I know you've been watching porn. I can see how it's impacting your mood, your anger, irritability, your inability to connect with me. Our sex life is 
is different and it's not what I want. I need you to get help so that you're not watching porn anymore. If you're the partner, but the boundary is you need to do this for yourself. So like as a partner, people think that it's against you. Like the porn use of the person is against you. It's not. This is something that the person struggles with themselves. So I want to help you. I love you. I want you to be able to do this. And when you show up and you listen and you can absorb some of the defense mechanisms, you have to know what the plan is. And the plan is that that your loved one needs to get an assessment to move forward. That assessment can be with me. I provide QEG brain map assessment. I can show you that your brain has been impacted by porn in one of two ways. One is strained brain, keeps you caught in the cycle. The second is drained brain, which leads to erectile dysfunction, arousal dysfunction. It basically is a worsening of strained brain. If you don't want to go in that direction, Coach Zach Carter offers a a sexual addiction and a sexual arousal dysfunction assessment. He's an awesome resource. You can go to drtrishley.com, look under Porn Brain Rewire, uh, assessment, personal coaching with Zach, assessment. Move forward with somebody who knows about porn addiction. But this is the point. The boundary has to be set. It has to be you need to get this assessment or... These are the consequences of that behavior. Now, this is not because the person is doing something against you. It's for the person. So this is the way that I talk about it. When someone is using a highly functional, optimal brain pattern, what they're able to do is feel their feelings, think about that, and then go act in a healthy way. If you're caught in a porn addiction and you're using a dysfunctional brain pattern, you're not able to do that because your brain is conditioned to self-soothe when feelings get tough, boredom, stress. So feelings equal shutdown and numbing. So what has to happen for a person with a dysfunctional brain pattern is the opposite. It's the act, think, feel, not the feel, think, act. The act, think, feel means I I need you to get this assessment and schedule it by the end of the week. That positive action helps the person think about their feelings and their behaviors and what has what they have going on. It helps them to move forward in the process. That's why the boundary is so powerful. So if you're a parent, and what I had to do to my precious child was take her car away, which wounds me. I've got to tell you, it totally wounds me, but I'm learning not to emotionally carry my people. I am doing it in so many ways right now. It's ridiculous, but I'm growing and evolving because of it. So I said, I have to take your car away. So the boundary is I'm taking your car away for two weeks. And these are the things you need to do. Start doing the healthy behaviors and stop doing the unhealthy ones, which she's already started. And there's no more lying. And, and she agreed. And I'm like, if you're not doing the unhealthy things, there's nothing to lie about because I can handle anything. And she agreed. You can handle anything because the amount of stuff I've already handled with her. So there's no need for lies. So I had to give her the act, think, feel. So the action is schedule an assessment by the end of the week. And I've helped so many partners help their man 
by setting the boundary of the next move. The move is get an assessment. So why isn't the move get into the 90 day program for recovery? Because you could be stuck in 90 days of fake recovery. When you have your partner or your son or your friend, when you have them go get an assessment, the goal in the assessment is to turn the light bulb on and to make them want recovery for themselves. It's to shift the dysfunctional brain pattern just a tad more functional to switch that little S self to the big S self, just a little enough to make them want to do this for themselves. A person cannot get into recovery for another person. It doesn't work. So when I take my daughter's car away, it's not punishment. It's to jimmy her brain out of the dysfunctional mode it's in right now that is doing all these unhealthy behaviors that are self-soothing for her. They're different, but it's the same as porn addiction. Her, her car has all everything to do with self-soothing. I have to take the car away so she can learn to self-soothe in healthy ways. Stop doing it in unhealthy ways. It's the same here. So get an assessment. The assessment turns the light bulb on, makes the person want to get into recovery for themselves. Then they get into the 90-day program, which gives them the tools and the strategies, the accountability in, in monthly meetings with me, the complimentary coaching call with, with Coach Zach Carter. So it's light bulb on, but the boundary is you need to go do this by the end of the week, or this is the consequence. And you need to know what your plan is for the consequence. You can do this for yourself. And I see people do it all the time. So I still do consultations. If you want to talk to me, I can have this conversation with you. And I tell people and, and, you know, because it's business, I guess I don't force people into services, but I say, I really recommend this for you. People tell me all the time that, you know, they had to convince themselves to do the consultation, but by the time they talk to me, they're ready for the program and they get into the assessment and they get into the 90 day program. And guess what it does? It transforms their life. So it's getting the person out of their own way. And the reason I do it for the hubs and the reason I do it for my children is because I'm there to help them co-regulate. They are dysregulated. So I have to help them regulate by moving them and guiding them in the right direction. It's not control. If it's done lovingly and I don't need anything back for it, I'm doing it for them. And I've done it for all of my people because I'm developing the skills. When I see a person's off, and they're doing something that is blocking them from their highest self, I'll step up and say, friend, you're doing this thing that's blocking you from your highest self. And I think you should get an assessment to figure it out. And when it's my people, I say, you need to do this assessment. I'm doing it with every kid right now in a different way. You need to do this and you need to do it by Friday. Because guess what? Those boundaries make people act. When they act, they can think about what they want in their life and they can become intentional. And when they start thinking, they can feel their real feelings like, no, I don't want this. This is what I want. And then they can do it for themselves. So like my son, Declan, who is 20, he just moved out. He's super cute. He texted me the other day. He's like, you'd be really proud of me. I'm reading my book every night, not gaming. Not that he has a gaming problem, but he's just taken it upon himself because of our conversations. And he's been inspired to do that by himself. 
because he's moving forward in his own evolution because of all the work of co-regulation we've done together. You can do that. If your person's in trouble with porn, you can influence them. You can't control them, but you can influence them. The way you do it is you by talking to them. And when they sling mud at you, don't catch it and throw it back. My precious daughter tried to do that on Saturday. The, when I when I told her I knew she was lying to me, she freaked out, told me she's not going to be part of our family, told me that I don't care about her. All I care about is getting the car back. None of that's true, by the way. And she slung a whole bunch of bad mom crap at me. And you know what? That stuff wounds me. And you know what? I could have let it stick. But you know why she did it? Because she wanted me off her scent. So she could keep doing the things that she's doing to harm herself. Because that's how this stuff works. And then... I said, babe, you can keep telling me that stuff. I'm here because I love you and I'm going to help you. And I know it's difficult because nobody wants to need help, but I got you. And knowing that someone cares about you and they have you in the end, your person's going to appreciate it. So in a nutshell, calm yourself down, get yourself regulated Know you're going to take some heat in the conversation because it's very difficult for anybody to admit they have a problem with anything. Never mind they have a compulsion or an addiction. Never mind that it has to do with pornography. This is the deep end, people. You have to be able to swim in the deep end to have this conversation. I know 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we'll say, Trisha could not have had this conversation. Trish, she's gained the skills to sit in these conversations and to listen and to love a person no matter what they have going on. I can love my people and not love their behaviors. Their behaviors, the fact that they're doing them, doesn't change my love for them. And that is the emotionally mature person that has to show up in the conversation because then I can I can take a car away. I can cancel a phone line. I can tell the hubs, he's got to sleep in the basement for a month until we figure this thing out which we've done that before too. You should have seen my bonus son's face when he came over and the hubs was living in the basement in the apartment. You should have seen the face on that man's, that young man's face. <laughs> and you know what he told his girlfriend? He told his girlfriend that he wants to be like us, that when it gets difficult, we can stay in and work on it, but never disconnect. And then guess what that leads to? It leads to reconnection, rupture and repair. But you got to be able to stay in it. You got to be able to put your big boy pants on, big girl pants, and jump into that deep end. It's not going to make you drown. It's just going to make you tread water. And you can do it. You can do it. The boundary is you need to get an assessment or you can have your person talk to me in a consultation. Honestly, people fake the consultations too when they're forced to by another person. But the assessments, they're different. You can't deny that your brain shows that. Like one person said to me two weeks ago, they got on, they're like, I knew my brain. I know my brain's effed because you can just see the brain patterns. They are dysfunctional. And then I want people to know if you have a dysfunctional brain pattern, your behaviors are not your fault, but they are your responsibility. All right, let's wrap it up because I'm waxing poetic. But please, if you have a loved one, gently but firmly Tell them what the plan is to help them. Don't let that plan be five years of fake recovery. 
let it be an assessment, and then your person has to sign themselves up for recovery. That is the telltale sign that they've had that little shift in brain function and they are ready. And then if they're working with me, all of their brain performance is captured in data. So I can totally see their brain coming online. Like I told a client of mine just the other day, your brain has had a 180 reset. Go tell your your partner that because you are a different person than you were two months ago. All right. I hope this helps you out. And until next time, control your brain or it'll control you. I'll, I'll talk to you next time.